Hi, this is Jeff Kelly from the Edge of NFT podcast and co-founder of the Edge of Company. Welcome to this week's unique episode, bringing you special content from our visit to VCon. Today's format will be a little different. We'll cut quickly from one conversation to the next with the transition sound in between to give you the feeling of being right there with us, moving from one engaging conversation to the next. Enjoy. What up, what up? It's Jeff Kelly and Zach Sakar of Edge of NFT and NFTLA here at VCon, rocking out on this massive Ferris wheel, apparently from Stranger Things. It's sick. We've heard from Gary V, uh, Tom Bilyeu, Steve Aoki, Swan Sit, Shira Lazar, the Yamp from World of Women. Just an amazing time. Oh my God, we're stopping here. I'm gonna hold on tight. This has been an amazing event so far. Just wanna give some love out to the whole team for VCon for putting this killer event on. I don't know, Zach, what do you think so far? I mean, this has been special. They've been putting on a show. We've been really been teaching people, and it is truly unique to be in an environment like this with basically your 10,000 people around you all are mega fans holding the same you know, collections NFT. I've never been in this environment before. I don't think it's ever happened before in person. Yeah, man, it's a special one for sure. If you're not a friend holder, if you ever had the opportunity to check it out, go check it out, check out this community. It's second to none. Kudos again to the team for putting this thing on. Congratulations on a really successful event. We appreciate you having us. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Here with Todd Cavill, CMO of Pepsi, talking about Beacon NFTs. Yeah. We're just chilling out here, enjoying this amazing event. Todd, welcome. So great to see you. Oh, happy to be here. It's a blast. It's been awesome. Yeah, it's been really amazing. So let's start at the beginning as far as your world and your understanding of NFTs is concerned. Yeah. What was that moment when it all came together for you where you realized, this is a game changer. Yeah, I got into the space personally, I'd say, I think the summer where a lot of people were starting to get their feet wet in the space. And I've been reading a little bit more about it and I had some friends who were getting into crypto and I'm like, ah, that's not, not for me. I'm not kind of just looking to invest in stuff, you know. But then when I started to see some of these projects and I was talking to Gary one day and he was just like, hey, you gotta check out OpenSea and you gotta go look. And I started like looking around, I'm like, it's pretty interesting, you know, and I started to get in there and so, I went down the rabbit hole and like everybody, you know, you set up your MetaMask wallet and give every piece of information about your personal everything. You set up your Coinbase account, you do your, like you do your, and so just once I got in, it's like, okay, I, I got my first NFT and then uh, away we go. So it's, it's, been, it's been a blast and I've been neck deep in the space ever since and uh, I love it. It's it sucks fun. you in, right? It doesn't like it go. It totally right? sucks you in and it's, um, and it's amazing, and I think the best learning, and this is something I've given advice as I'm trying to onboard folks at a big company like PepsiCo, is like the learning by doing. You know, a lot of it is, you know, you make missteps, you get go into a Discord and someone says click here, all that kind of crap, you get into, you buy in on a project too high, sell too low, you did, like it's all that stuff. It's just, a, it's a lot of good learning, so it's been great. Yeah, I tell you, one of the interesting things about just like where we're at right now, there's a, a dip in the market in general, we're dealing yep. with, you know, recession fears overall, 
you know, kind of funky times, but fundamentally, we're talking about the building blocks of something for the future here, right? Oh yes, yeah. this is a this amazing. is a long play, and that's where I keep yeah. saying like all these people who are in the flip game, like that's that's not for me. This is the long play. This yeah. is like here to stay. It's just kind of going to be the infrastructure for things that you don't even realize. And I gave the analogy earlier when I was speaking today about how uh, QR codes, you know, have been around forever, and it's now just recently there. You see them everywhere because like yeah. people finally realize, oh, I guess it is easy to. And the pandemic accelerated that with menus and stuff. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of steps along how and when these things will tip and what will enable it. I think big brands like Pepsi definitely play a role in that as well. Let's talk about that. Yeah, what let's do it. What is going on at Pepsi with NFTs? Yeah, we're doing a lot of fun stuff in the space. And I think it's one of the things I want to make sure your listeners understand out there too is that at a big company, you know, we have a lot of different guardrails in a lot of other places yeah. and smaller things going. Not just because we're bureaucratic and we got layers and that's any kind of thing but what I would say is you know as a publicly traded entity you know where there's securities law with the SEC and they still it's very unregulated space finance how does our balance sheet take in cryptocurrency where do we bank you know as you look at a lot of these things even as we build unity which again we haven't we're still at the early stages of developing that Going into Discord, if someone gets scammed in a Pepsi Discord server, they're going to sue PepsiCo, you know, not Discord, right? And so there's a lot of considerations that I think a lot of people don't understand, but I'd say for a brand like Pepsi, I think the potential in this space is infinite, right? As you think about how our brand shows up in the metaverse long term, as you think about utility, as you think about connecting with consumers and building community as a marketer, revenue, like there's so many possibilities that I said it's important for us to get our feet wet and really get everybody in now. So we've launched this project called the Pepsi Mic Drop back in December, uh, the Genesis edition on the Ethereum blockchain uh, with a very, very limited amount. We gave it out for free to consumers and we've followed it up now with our, our second drop just a couple weeks ago on the Billboard Music Awards where we partnered with them and created a a physical moment within the show. I don't know if you know the Billboard Music Awards, they have actual microphones in the yeah. show. And so uh, we made a Pepsi Mic Drop moment of the year, had a live minting on air throughout the broadcast and minted over 375,000 NFTs for free in a matter of hours. Talk about onboarding consumers. And that was all on um, Dapper Labs and the Flow blockchain, which is a much easier getting in from a consumer standpoint. Yeah, you know, totally well, built a, for that. Yeah, well, it's a walled garden and there's issues on one end of like where you take them. All you is an email address, you sign and you got your first NFT versus yeah. the whole other side of the Ethereum, which is what we just did. So right. we're playing in a bunch of different places and, and have a lot of fun of where we're heading. And yeah, excited about it. Well, let's talk about a little bit of where you're heading and how, yeah. is, how it applies. I mean, so you got Pepsi overall. Yeah. You know, world known, you know, yeah. amazing brand, right, for, for decades. Yeah. What about all the subsidiary brands? I and mean, people don't necessarily realize how many brands are in that family. Oh my God, PepsiCo, just for context for your listeners, like PepsiCo is a $70 billion company, more than that, right? And so we have many, many, many billion dollar brands all over the world. This isn't me flexibly like yellow, but it's more a matter of like, we have these brands that are in 90% of house, you know, as you look at Mountain Dew, Doritos, Gatorade, Starbucks, Lay's, Cheetos, Quaker, Tropicana, I mean, it goes on and on. I mean, the presence we have with our established brands, and we're building new brands, you know, as well. Like, I created when I was in the water business a few years ago, Bubbly Sparkling Water or Life Water, you know, and these brands that have the deeper purpose and stuff. So, there's a variety of things. And so, as we're looking at the space, what I also want to say, why somebody say, hey, why are you slow to like build and roll out your community? Why are you slow to do that? 
This is the long game for us, right? When we build the infrastructure, we want to build it once because then we can wrap it for all our brands in the same way and connect it on the back end where the one-on-one equals three. If we rush out, we have the wrong solve, then we got to do something custom for another brand. We want to be very thoughtful. So right now we're at a stage where we're looking to build out what does our NFT practice look like internally, what capabilities do we need, in-source, outsource, all that fun stuff. So uh, it's been a, been a little crazy. Quite a road ahead. While, while we run our day-to-day business and marketing and everything. Yeah, never mind all that, right? right? Just, just that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's so cool, man. Um, yeah. And so where do you look to for inspiration? So many things happening, so many projects. Like, what's inspiring? Yeah. So personally, I mean, there's a lot of projects I just personally love and have always been following as much as I can check. You know, I'm a big fan of, I like World of Women and Flower Girls and, and a lot of kind of the more art for Creature, Creature World, you know, a lot of those projects. I also have been geeking out about a lot of the, on a personal level, some of the more historical kind of NFT stuff. So, you know, the Strikers cards, I got a Crypto Kitty, I have a, uh, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff, uh, the curio cards, you know, all the, you know, as you, if you believe all the, the folklore and what and when and how all that stuff went down, you know, I'm always looking at new projects coming up and again, not for the big investment or anything like that, but just to kind of new models as well. I think a lot of companies are doing some interesting things. I think our friend Snoop has been doing some interesting stuff in the space. Yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff going on in the space. It's just, there's inspiration everywhere when you get this kind of creators, you know, everywhere coming up. Well, that's for sure. I think we can add Pepsi to that realm as well, man. Appreciate you sharing a little bit with us and our yeah. listeners. Would love to have you out uh, at NFTLA. You know, that's our event. Cool. You heard about it. We ran that yeah. a little over a month ago. It was that's a lot awesome. of fun at some point. So we'd love to have you out to, to enjoy it, man. And um, yeah, just can't ask for a better person to talk to about how to actually take something amazing like brand like Pepsi and its community yeah. and layer that onto what NFTs can actually do in all of its power. So really uh, appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. I think we have an exciting road ahead. Beautiful. Thank cool. you. Man. Thank you. So awesome to be here with you, man. Thank you, my friend. This is amazing. You call VCon the career-defining conference of your life. That's a pretty astounding statement, considering everything you've done. How does it feel to finally be here? It feels uh, rewarding. Okay. Emotional good. I feel really good. I have a lot of friends and family here, which really triggers me in the feels. I'm proud. You know, I call it a career definer because I've always wanted to do it. You know, by the second or third year, I went to South by Southwest. I was like, I'm going to do this, you know? And I'm going to say a long ways away from South by at this point, but I think we're on our way. Absolutely, man. Let's talk origin story for a second, okay? This idea intersects with VFriends in a really significant way, but was VFriend an idea before VFriends came about, or did it intersect with it? How did that all come to be? Buying an intellectual property that had lost its way, Gumby, Rocky and Bullwinkle, Gem, was always on my mind. Even as I st- as my career started getting better and bigger, I was like, ooh, maybe I can afford Thundercats one day. You know, like it, it, it was always on my mind. Or brands. What you see now with Crocs, right? Crocs, super hot, 20 years ago, dead as a doorknob, didn't see anybody wear Crocs for a day, now all the way back. I, I started VaynerMedia to be a machine to be able to be good at that. Yeah. So, I, I, so that was on my mind. Then the South By thing. One day I'll throw a conference, and I got close. I throw a small little, you know, real estate agent thing once, and it was in the air. So the answer to your question is, both those energies have been in my mind for almost 20 years. 
when NFTs entered, that became the framework that accelerated Boat's reality. The first one changed a little bit. I decided to create one versus buying one. And this one is now obviously very real. This is it, you know, the Econ is here. It's right behind you, dude. Yeah. It is amazing. Uh, we did uh, we did NFTLA very recently, uh, our team did, and I tell you, man, seeing that idea become reality was just a, a special moment, dude. So That's congrats awesome. on this. This Thank is amazing. You. Thank you. So let's talk future of VCon. Right, we got a couple more years on yep. the docket here. How do you envision those going, locations, ideas, concepts? Like, what's on your mind? You know, it's fun to see in my eyesight, my friend, Lou Janot, I threw a wine event many years ago. Actually, actually in October of 2001, right after 9-11, I remember you know, really debating if, I, if it needed to be canceled because it was mid-October and I decided somewhere in late September that I was like, you know what, I'm gonna keep it. Maybe people need this wine event. You know, it was a charity wine event for Susan Coleman breast cancer. I'm like, let me do good, yeah. right? Yeah. What's the best you can do when people are down? I remember throwing that event and I remember my dad coming in, like we, we set it all up, we launched, my dad got there about 20 minutes into the event. And my dad was so stunned that everybody at that event was there for He actually didn't understand. He was like, so wait, what other event is going on? Because he didn't understand how big right, right, yeah, the event totally. would be. The reason I say it's fun to see my friend Lou there, because he was there, and the, he was there the next year. The biggest jump in the 15-year history of that wine event was from year one to two. Because I'm an operator, and I know how I think. This VCon is 57 to 65% of my juice. I couldn't put 100 on it because I hadn't done this before yeah. at this scale. And what if we just made too many big missteps? There was just too much. So to me, 2023 VCon, even more than 2024, I feel like 2024 will be refinement, but there'll be a quantum step next year. Yeah. We have an offsite Monday here in Minnesota with the team, and we start planning 2023 Monday. <laughs> right on. So I feel What's, what's expected, I think next year's is going to really take people aback because the energy and effort, and effort that I'm gonna put on it is much greater because I needed to hold it back this year to contextualize it. I'm kind of like a boxer. Like you better knock me out in round one because once I figure you out in round one, you're fucking in trouble. <laughs> right on. I feel you, man, I feel you. You mentioned this earlier, but I want to take it back a minute. I've heard you speak a lot about the influences on you around NFTs, right? Major influences, major people, steps along the way. But I want to know about the moment, because I know there was one, where it all clicked and I'll that flood you. of ideas started coming. What you. was that? I just want to take care of one of my best yeah, friends. Yeah, you got it. Give it two seconds. Uh, so what it was, was a culmination of a lot of talk and a lot of videos and a lot of articles and a lot of Discord and a lot of Twitter that I was consuming in December and January. Um, and it was February 12th when I literally was at my, just, not, you'll, I can't actually remember. I've been dying to, I've been fucking really trying, but right. I can't. It's like digging for fucking gold yeah. or oil. There was nothing out of the ordinary. It wasn't a single speech or a single conversation. It was as mundane. I don't even know if I was on Twitter or Discord or had a podcast in the back. I don't know. But I know this is what happened physically. I actually stood up. I actually stood up. 
and like went like this and said, holy shit, this yeah. is it. Because I'd been there twice before. Yeah. I'd been there twice before. I was in a dorm room in my Ida College when I was like, I'm gonna sell wine on this thing. I was there when I was like, I need to videotape myself and talk about wine and do this Twitter and YouTube thing. So I've been there. I've been there before, which is why this one, I had a conviction the first time. I had a conviction the second time. This one is like different. You know, I'm in the prime of my career. And I was like, this, and I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. I was like, this one's gonna be the craziest of them all. And so, February 12th, but I don't know exactly one, I, I just think it was like digging and digging and digging, and finally hit oil, and, yeah. and so it was very real. And, and it was like this, oh, this is it. This is what the next decade is gonna be about. This is what everyone's gonna come to. This is what everyone's gonna underestimate. Mm. This is where all the bad behavior's gonna go. Yeah. Like, like all of it, with crystal clear, like, you can watch the videos I put out then. Nailed it, gold rush, 98% is going to zero. Bad behavior, but profound. Some of the biggest things of all time will come from it. Most will go to zero. Everyone's gonna get captivated. A lot of education. This is much more web one than web two. As tough as Twitter was to figure out, Web one was like a website, an email, www. Like people are confused out of their minds. Totally, yeah. And that's what Web three is. Yeah, amazing. All right, so look, we do this with all of our listeners and all of our guests, and it's called Edge Quick Hitters. It's Ten know. questions, man. We like to run through them for everybody. Every single person we've talked to, we want to jump in. I'm in. All right, let's do it. Question number one: What's the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Me, me purchasing you, it? You, per, you purchasing uh, it. Bubble gum at Krausers in Edison, New Jersey. Rocking. You, you still a bubble gum guy? Oh, there it is. All right. Beautiful. Question two. What's the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? Um, I remember selling lemonade first. Maybe flour. I, I used to rip flowers out of people's yards and sell it back to them. Not my <laughs> proudest day. Uh, but I think it was lemonade. Lemonade's the move. Nice. Question three. What's the most recent thing you purchased? Uh, I purchased a Air Max, um, a, a pair of Nike Air Maxes the other day. I don't buy a lot of stuff. I buy sneakers for myself. I usually, I don't like stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, a pair of Travis Scott Air Maxes. You rock all those sneakers or you keep them on the shelf? I rock them. You rock them nice. I, I drive sneakerheads crazy. They're like, why are you wearing that? I'm like, because they're sneakers. Right, right. Question four. What's the most recent thing you sold? Well, I probably sold a V-Friend while we were sitting here. Um, <laughs> what's the most recent thing that I sold? I mean, you know, this is this is what's so fun. I sell for a living. Vayner, Vayner Media just landed a huge supermarket account this week. V-Friends right. sell every hour on the hour. I'm sure my best friend Brandon just pressed a button on winetext.com and sold some wine. Uh, but most of all, the re most recent thing I sold was about an hour ago on stage, I sold the idea of how much opportunity there is to be happier if you just work for it and fight for it and recalibrate your perspective and surround yourself with that kind of people. I sell optimism that's practical Roger and I'm that. proud of that. Hell yeah, hard to put a price on that too. Yeah. Question five, what's your most prized possession? My most prized possession is a football jersey that my mother knitted for me when I was six years old uh, or five years old because we weren't, I wanted a Jets jersey but we didn't have money and she couldn't buy me one so she knitted me one with the number five which is why I always do this. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's my prized possession. Beautiful. 
Question six, if you could buy anything in the world, physical, digital, service, and experience that's currently for sale, what would it be? That's currently for sale? Yes, sir. What do you got your eye on? Um, I would buy time. You know, I have really struggled with private aviation because I don't like being bougie. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm starting to get to the place where like everything, you know, five admins, you driver, like any, any, anything and everything that can buy, like I don't want anything but time. Yeah. Just time. Such a precious resource, man, for sure. All right, we'll flip it up a little bit. Question seven. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? Patience. Fucking patience, boy. Everybody wants it right now because they're insecure. Patience. It makes a ton of sense. Question eight, flip side. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? I have struggled with candor one-on-one. I'm incredibly candorous as a public figure, and I'm in, and I've really struggled with candor as an operator. Everything that has not worked for me in my life has been because I've been unable to be candorous with the individual, and that has led to muckery. You know, sometimes you fire somebody and they're mad at you, and I'm like, that should have never happened. They were really not great at their job and inappropriate, but my lack of candor put me in this precarious spot. Yeah. Candor's important. And now that I've defined it as kind candor, I've been able to do it much better. Yeah, right on. Question number nine, a little easier. What'd you do just before joining us on this podcast? Another interview. <laughs> and what are you going to do next after this one? Another interview. My man, in the Thank grind. You. Thanks so Thank much, you. Gary. Appreciate Thank it, brother. Hey there, NFT space cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA, Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplaces, well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole-enchilada NFT service can help you, yes you Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as whether scale model of yacht or actual yacht. What's up, Jeff Kelly here from Edge of NFT. I'm here with Millie Golightly. Millie, thank you for joining us. We Thanks appreciate it. Me. We're here at VCon, this amazing event. What do you yeah. think of this thing? It's pretty impressive. It was pretty loud. Like when I was walking out on stage yesterday, I was like, wow, it's quite a lot of people. So yeah, it's really good. Yeah, quite the performance. Thank Heard a lot you. of great things. Thank and you. look, 
let's start at the beginning here for our yeah. listeners who may not be familiar with you or your music. Sure. Give us a little bit of background. How did you get into the music business? Yeah, so I've been singing like pretty much my whole life, but I had no idea like how I was gonna make it like a real career. So after I got out of school, I just had a regular job. I was working in London on a desk and I ended up getting in contact with Young Thug. I wanted to work in rap music. I got in contact with Young Thug. Somebody on his team passed my music to him. So I ended up meeting him and he pretty much like changed my life. He like started my career. And then from that moment, I pretty much became like the singer in rap music, so. Well, that's really special, and Thank you. you're no longer in London. Yeah, I live in Atlanta now. You're in yeah. ATL, that's amazing. So how long have you been out there? I've been there since, like, going back and forth since, like, 2018. Okay. That's when I officially, I, like, got my visa to be in the U.S., so 2018 was when I started going there. And what do you think so far? Love it. Yeah. Love it. It's like a second home to me now, so I feel that's very amazing. privileged. Yeah. And we're here at VCon, of course, all about NFTs, yep. V Friends. Yep. Tell me a little bit about how you got into the world of NFTs. Yeah, so I got into the world of NFTs. Um, a good friend of mine who's an artist whose album I was on, Jimmy Edgar, is pretty active in the space. And so that was really the first time I went over to his studio and we started talking about them. He makes his own NFTs. That was the first time I ever heard about what they were. And then literally a few weeks after, Mike Boyd from Vayner, he reached out. They were doing a project with Budweiser. They had 22 artists collaborate on their first NFT. And so I was a part of that project. So tell me a little bit more about that project. What's the story? Who are the other artists? What's the utility? Like, yeah, what's going on? so there was three levels. Like visually, they were red, silver, and gold, and they got you kind of like different things. One of the really cool things about the project was a lot of the holders got to come to the Budweiser factory, and yeah. myself and Fresco Trey, who's performing tonight, he's another one of the artists. We put on a show like inside the headquarters of the Budweiser factory. So a lot of the holders came to that I've met a lot of them today know a lot of them through discord social media so it's really nice to see them in real life and somebody came up to me after the show they have two of my NFTs get out of here yeah, that's yeah. amazing right yeah. what a great so feeling. I took a photo next to the NFT <laughs> and hoped that I looked similar to the photo that's very cool thank you so let's talk roadmap a little bit do you yeah. have anything else in, inbound in the world of NFTs yeah I mean I would love to I mean every artist says this but I would really love to have my own NFT project I think I really value the community and I really value the fan base that I'm building within the community like they honestly like so many people have come up to me and been like we've got your NFT like we're rooting for you like which is so nice like these people are really invested in like the infancy of your career so I definitely want to once I continue to build that foundation I definitely want to have my own NFT project well, I think one of the things you'll hear most consistently at least we do uh, with the guests that we interview is is community is at yeah. the center of everything Right. And folks that have built that community or are building that community yeah. and are bringing it to the stage and then introducing NFTs to that community as a way to connect with you as the creator. Totally. There's something special about that. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, like, wouldn't you love to have an NFT of like your favorite artist before their career really blew up? Yes. Like, I know I would love to have a utility pass to see like my favorite artist backstage for the rest of my life or whatever the utility is, you know? So I think it's a really special time to be a fan of music and especially if you're involved in NFTs, I think why would you, as an artist that's new, why would you not, you know? 100%, I guess, yeah, I would love to be able to not only have that, 
but also prove yeah. to the world, like, yes, I was an early yeah, fan totally. of this band. Yeah, totally. That's right? what everybody's been saying to me today, and it right. makes me feel so good. Like, some of them have been to, like, every event that I've done. I've been so privileged. This is my third kind of NFT performance. And a lot of people have been at those shows and, like, seen the development of my career alongside the shows. So I think they're really Super happy. Cool. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Let's talk about women in NFTs, yeah. right? This is something, like, so many people are focused on is, is trying to elevate the space and make it accessible to everybody, elevate everybody who's contributing to the space. There's yeah. a lot of women moving and shaking in the space. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on it? I think there needs to be, I was saying this earlier, like I don't care what space it is, I think women need to be in every room, every environment. I know that I was very lucky in rap music. I had really good mentors. I really kind of like bulldozed my way in. Like, yeah, I, I've seen it so often in music, like women not getting the same opportunities. And I actually have to say, like I think outside looking in, you might think crypto is kind of like that. Like women are not really that welcome, but my experience has been completely the opposite. I feel like the community are really willing to answer questions they want like these quite like they want to see women yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. they do yeah so I think I think women can do anything so I'm like why would we not want women in NFTs when they're really smart 100% agreed so many great projects happening so many great women creators and doers in the space let me ask you along that line of thinking mm -hmm. where do you draw your greatest inspiration from musically or in web3 let's start with music Musically, I always look to women that really trailblaze. I just really value authenticity. Like, I love Stevie Nicks. I remember going to see Fleetwood Mac when I was a kid, and she said something on stage that really resonated with me. Like, she was really young when she started, and she just she just kept going. So, Stevie Nicks, definitely. I love Lana Del Rey. I just love any female vocalist that came out and was different and was, like, true to themselves. And I, I really love, like, an underdog story, because I feel like that's kind of been my journey, so. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. How about in Web3? Web3, do you know who, we were just talking about this earlier, I obviously think Huda Beauty, like, incredible. And then I really, I saw a bit of Mila Kunis' talk earlier yeah. today, and I just think, like, she is so cool for, like, everything she's contributed to the space. And I think, even Reese Witherspoon, mm -hmm. like, these role models for women in other areas, whether it's beauty, whether it's fashion, whether it's, you like them as an actress, I think people like that are really key to kind of merging you know, like trans, they have a transferable fan base, and I think women like that continuing to kind of like big stars continuing to kind of co sign NFTs is really important. 100% agreed with you. I think you're part of that community now. Thank you. So. Trailblazing and doing some amazing Thank things. You. We'll be watching really closely, and we think our followers will as well. Thank you. Very Thank much. you so much for taking this time to talk with us. No, thanks for having we appreciate me. Appreciate it. Best of luck. Thank you so much. Welcome. Thank you. We have reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. Thanks everyone for exploring with us. We've got space though for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends, recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. You can also come and participate in edgeofnft.com slash discord and get to know the community. Jesse will be in there as a with a special podcaster tag. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. And thanks for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.